Over 2,000 years ago, two disillusioned disciples walked along a dusty road to Emmaus. They had just witnessed Jesus, their friend and leader, whom they hoped to be the Messiah, suffer a gruesome death by crucifixion. Doubt, fear, and uncertainty clouded their conversation as they journeyed home questioning the future. Until something miraculous happened. The risen Jesus appeared and answered their questions. Today, many young Catholics step onto college campuses with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed of faith given to them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, scheduled to be released in the summer of 2021, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. To pre-order your copy and help spread the word about the book, visit patchworkheart.org. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. Yes, it's Friday evening, and you are listening to Sowing Hope. Uh, it is the Easter octave, and we figured why not have an extra episode here during the Easter octave and celebrate this beautiful uh, Easter season, and we couldn't have uh, a better guest with us today, but as always, I am joined by my friend and co-host, Anne DeSantis. Anne, how are you this evening? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing awesome, Bill. Great <laughs> to be here. Yes, it is, and we got an extra helping of sewing hope during Easter week, Easter octave. So it's wonderful stuff, and we got a great guest. Uh, so tell us a little bit about her. Yes, we do. We have Teresa Tomio. She's a best-selling author and syndicated Catholic talk show host and speaker, and she's also the author of the new book called "Listening for God: 
discovering the incredible ways God speaks to us. And I know we're going to spend quite a bit of time talking about that book and, and about a wonderful conference that's coming up too in just a couple of weeks. So welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining us. And great to be with you. I'm so excited. And you're going to be part of that conference. So thanks for saying yes. You're going to be one of our speakers for the Listening for God conference, virtual conference coming up April the 16th through the 18th. So right around the corner. Yeah, it is right around the corner. And I love the book because, you know, after what we all went through this past year with the pandemic, God, people are looking for ways that God is speaking to them. And that's what we're going to unpack during this conference. And you have a list of about 50 speakers or more. Uh, and I just am extremely excited about that weekend of April 16th through 18th. Yeah, you can go to the overall, I know that you have a link as well, and, and I know you'll provide that to your podcast followers, but the overall website is listeningforgodconference.com, and they can see the list of all the speakers. In addition to you and myself, we have uh, Al Cresta, my colleague at Ave Maria Radio, we have Dr. Ray Grandi, we have Father Mitch Pacwa, we have Jeff Cavins, who of course is a scripture scholar, Steve Ray, Kelly Walquist, Janet Miranda, Father Frank Pavone is doing a talk called Listening for God in the Unborn, which is going to be really, really powerful. Uh, we also have Peter Herbeck and let's see, um, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle and Vanessa Denhagarma, who works with me in Detroit at Ave Maria Radio. And everybody has a different story of how God is speaking to them. Father Leo Padalinghung is going to be joining us and they're picking one of the topics, and you know this because you're one of the speakers, in the way that God speaks to them, what they wanted to, to touch a, a particular topic, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through scripture, whether it's through our everyday lives, we gave them a choice based on the themes in the book. And the talks are phenomenal. I, be, I saw yours and I know you're doing several, but uh, let's see, Marge Fenelon's doing three as well. She's a great uh, Marian writer. Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, I mentioned. There's going to be so many opportunities for people just to, to really listen to this conference, which will help them listen for God. I think it's really important right now, as you mentioned, in addition to COVID, we're still going through all that and kind of hopefully God willing coming out of it, but there's still going to be you know ramifications, obviously. But I think in general, this has been such a contentious year in so many ways for people with, with so many issues coming up in the election, our church being attacked in so many ways. And people are wondering where God is, whether it's with COVID or whether it's another situation, people are wondering where God is. And he is, as we know, right in the midst of this, if we only can listen, as St. Benedict says, with the ear of our heart. Yeah, exactly. Very well said. And, and as, as you said, it's going to be an exciting conference because we're going to unpack all of those things, right? I mm -hmm. mean, these speakers, one by one, are going to unpack all of these issues and thoughts that people have. Because, you know, I think everybody has a desire to want to grow closer to God, even if they're not quite aware of it. You know, all of us want to uh, to know that God is with us and that, that we can listen to him throughout our day. And it's in those small ways, I think, sometimes that God is there with us um, quietly. And so I just thank you for putting this book together and the conference. It was just coming at the perfect time. Yeah. I mean. Really, it's it's coming at the perfect time. This book—it's God's timing. I mean, I you know, it's interesting. I wrote two books last year. This was the second one that I wrote. It came out actually late last year. Uh, the first book that came out, you know, I had, I wasn't traveling with speaking engagements, so I I just wrote <laughs> wrote my wrote my heart out last year, and and I had a book coming out uh, in May last year. It was all about coronavirus, conquering coronavirus, how faith can put our fears to rest. And this was sort of a follow-up to that because people were reaching out to me as a talk show host, um, you know, on, on international radio every day, 
and just kind of sharing how God was speaking them through the various crises they were going through. The other point of the whole book, too, is that um, God is, is, is speaking to us. We need to listen for him in, in every area of our lives. And even when I was away from the church, I look back now and I talk about this in, in the opening uh, introduction of the book, that God was speaking to me when I was in the secular media and far away from him, even though I wasn't aware of it. And so it's not only those of us who are now, God willing, hopefully trying to be faithful Catholics, that God is going to to speak to us if we anticipate his voice in our life, which we should be doing. But he's speaking to everyone. I mean, we say every week in the mass, we believe in God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And, and the Lord desires that all men be saved. So if he is speaking to us, he's speaking to everyone at all times, all over the world. And he can speak through nature. He could speak through music. He can speak through other people. He can speak through scripture. And they're the, the, the most odd kind of quirky ways because he has a sense of humor that he'll show up in our lives. And this is for anyone, no matter where they are in their relationship with God. It doesn't have to be someone who is in the church, active and on fire Catholic, that's great because we all need to hear and listen for God. But this is for anyone who just wants to, to, to figure out, okay, Lord, here I am. I want to do your will, but I have no idea what that is right now. I'm so glad that you said that because part of this podcast and how many times have I said what I'm going to say, Bill, you're going to be laughing already, <laughs> is that one of our little taglines is that being well catechized, and I'll put quotes around that, is a lot more than what we think, isn't right. it? I mean, you have to be, uh, you know, you have to have a relationship with God and you have to realize too that God made everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And that and, and, you know, we're always evangelizing as Catholics, you know, yes, we have the fullness of the faith and we want to evangelize everybody into our faith. Right. But yeah. we have to recognize that these uh, beautiful humans are, are all creations of God and God can speak through, not just through us, but through everybody. Right. And yeah. the Holy spirit is there. Um, I, I think, I hope it would be okay with you, but you have a wonderful bio and I didn't get to read it. And just for our listeners who aren't aware of some of the wonderful work that you're doing, I thought if I could take a, a minute or two here and read your bio, and maybe you can talk also about some of your work and life experiences too. Mm -hmm. uh, so Teresa Tomio is a best-selling author, syndicated Catholic talk show host and speaker with more than 30 years of experience in print and broadcast media. Her weekday radio program, Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN, the Global Catholic Radio Network, is heard daily on over 500 stations worldwide and Sirius XM satellite radio. Her TV show, The Catholic View for Women, is seen twice weekly on EWTN. Tomeo is a columnist and special correspondent for OSV Newsweekly. She's been featured on The O'Reilly Factor, Fox News, Fox and Friends, MSNBC, and The Dr. Laura Show. She was named a Vatican conference speaker and conference delegate and spoke at the 2013 conference, The Rights of the Family and the Challenges of the Contemporary World, sponsored by the Pontifical Council for the Family. Tomeo participated in the Vatican's Women Con Conference in 2008. She speaks throughout North America and also leads overseas retreats and pilgrimages annually. Great, I <laughs> love that. Tamea is a teacher for St. Benedict Press Catholic Courses. She's best known for her best-selling books, Extreme Makeover, Women Transformed by Christ, Not Conformed to the Culture and Noise, How Our Media-Saturated Culture Dominates Lives and Dismantles Families. Her latest book books include Beyond Me, My Selfie and I, Finding Real Happiness in a Self-Absorbed World, 
girlfriends and other saints, companions on my journey of faith, and intimate graces help practicing the works of mercy brings out the best in marriage, co-written with her husband, Deacon Dominic Pastor. Teresa also hosts a monthly webinar, Catholic Leaders Webinar Series, Media Matters produced by our Sunday visitor. I mean, you've done amazing work. I have to say that. You've <laughs> wonderful experiences. You must have met some wonderful people over the years and all that you're doing, and it's enriched your own personal faith journey. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I hear that bio, it makes me feel so old <laughs> doing this for so long. I actually, it's over 30 years, but I just realized that it's, it's, I graduated from college in 1981. So this May, it'll be, it'll be, um, that's 40 years, 40 years in media. And that, that doesn't include my college years where I had internships and worked in college radio and TV in my high school years. My first stint on the radio was when I was 14 years old at our little high school radio station because the Lord put it on my heart at a very early age. When I was in the third grade, actually, that I was going to go into broadcasting. It's so funny if you look back because I was such a chatty Kathy in Catholic school that the nuns didn't know what to do with me. So they actually uh, had me read out loud and and had me do like little things at the little school productions and plays. And that's how I, I fell in love with, with communications and been doing it ever since. But I, I never thought I'd be doing this. I never thought I'd be doing Catholic media and, and writing books about the Catholic faith. My, my goal by the time I was in sixth or seventh grade, I had picked out my college. I'd picked out my journalism school. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And it was to go into news. And I had a very successful career uh, for a long time. But then in the midst of that, I got caught up in the world so much that it almost cost me, as I always say, when I give my testimony, almost cost me not only my marriage, but my soul. And so the journey has been quite incredible. And now I just feel like I have to do everything I can in the gifts that God gave me in writing and speaking and communicating to, to make up for all that, all that lost time, but it's not lost time because God uses it all, all the yeah. experience that I had, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, even our marriage issues, it's, it's being used for God's good because we're trying to help people not make the same mistakes we did. So well, isn't that what quote sowing hope is all about? Yeah. You know, that, that we all, you, you are sowing hope. You have been sowing hope. And, you know, I believe that God sometimes puts, well, allow circumstances that we need to be on this path where we're searching for him and we get into the world and we get into uh, sin, right? We, right? we come face to face with sin and decisions that can make or break us. And obviously you chose the right path. I mean, it took a little bit of time, right? But where you are right now is exactly where God wants you. I think it's important too. And you make a point about, I, I made the right choice, but as I say in this book and all of my books, it, it took me a while, as you said, it took me a, a good three years. I knew God was calling me out of the secular media, but quite frankly, I, I, I didn't want to face it. And I, I thought, well, maybe, I, and this is why this book and this conference are so important, because how do we know it's from God? How do we know it, it, that God is actually speaking to us through something we're getting in prayer or in our head or whatever? How do we discern what's coming at us. And, and that's why reading the book and also going to this conference, either watching it live next weekend or, or signing up to, to purchase the content, which I think would be really beneficial because we have now, I think we have over a hundred talks that are available. People are going to learn how to discern that. Father Mitch Pacwa, who's an amazing scripture scholar from EWTN, is also an expert in the discernment of spirits. He's doing a whole talk on listening for God and discerning the voice of God and the spirits and to know the difference. And so that's huge. So I, I knew that God was it, deep in my heart. I knew that he was calling me, but I was trying to say, well, maybe it's not him. Maybe I'm wrong. And it took me three years, three years to say, 
yes, after I said yes, originally coming back to the church and, and my husband and I you know, recommitted ourselves to each other and to Christ and the church. And then we were on this journey and I thought, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to be here in the secular media and everything's going to be wonderful. But then God started calling me out of it. And it took three years for me to say yes again to that, you know, going out and leaving, you know, getting out on the water and you know, getting out of the boat and walking on the water toward Jesus for a new area of my life. But it wasn't like, you know, the clouds parted and I said, oh, sure, I'll leave everything behind. I'll leave my big six figure income and my big, you know, reporter anchor position and let's go, you know, onward Christian soldiers. No, I, I was stubborn. I didn't want to give it up as much as I love God. I, I also still love the world. So I know how people feel when they're faced with a challenge or faced with the crossroads in their life. And that's why I wrote the book. And that's why I think this conference is going to be so helpful for so many people. That's really, beautiful. yeah, absolutely. Really beautiful. And oh, you've, uh, you know, just had an amazing career. One of the things that I would love to know um, is, you know, that process of being called out, you know, and, and you said it took three years for you to go from, you know, the secular media into the Catholic media and really surrender to Christ. Was there, was there any moment in there that was, that was just like, Hey, I'm, I'm now ready to step out of the boat. I'm now ready to step on the water, you know, out onto the water. I'm sure there were more than one, you know, occasion, but yeah. do any of them stick out for you that were like, okay. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, that, that's a, that's a great question. There, there were several, it was, it was started to happen when I was at my, my, uh, two of my last positions in secular media, one of which was at the big. ABC affiliate where I was the top um, general assignment reporter. And when I landed there, I thought, and this was after I'd come back to the church and I thought, well, this is it. You know, I'm at this big ABC affiliate. I was doing some network freelance work. I was getting some big stories. I was covering the Oklahoma city bombing, John Paul II visiting the U S. So I thought, wow, this is, you know, now I'm here and God's planted me here and I'm going to grow and basically retire on a live shot somewhere. That's what I thought was going to happen. But then within, I would say about the two years into that, that last big secular media job that I had, I started to notice that despite everything I was doing, I wasn't really happy. It didn't mean the same to me. I wasn't fulfilled anymore. You know, I did have some, some pretty big stories that I covered, but I noticed that I was covering more and more of the, if it bleeds, it leads types of stories where I was going and covering a car crash, a murder, a fire. And I didn't feel like I was allowing um, God to use my, my talents completely. But at the same time, I didn't think I could do anything else. News reporting was the only thing I had done for, for decades. And so I, and plus I liked the money and I liked the limelight. And so in all honesty, it was the worldliness of it too. So I decided, well, okay, I'll go back into radio for a while and see how that works. Cause I started in radio, my career in news radio. And so I took a job, my last job in the secular media was as a news director for one of the big FM stations. And I thought this will be great. I could, you know, write my own copy and nobody will bother me. Well, the same thing that was happening in the TV news industry was happening in radio where these big conglomerates were taking over. They wanted to do more with a lot less. They didn't give a hoot about news or real news. And I ended up doing like two minutes a day of nothing but fluff news and a, and a public affairs show on the weekends. And it was interesting because one of my friends who I worked with uh, in uh, the secular media there, wonderful Catholic guy, his name was Kevin. And he would always tell me, and I didn't even think anything about this. You always say, your public affairs interviews are so good. You should have your own talk show somewhere. And my sister, may she rest in peace, who died um, five years ago from cancer, when she had, years ago asked me a question about the faith, and I explained it to her. And she said, 
you should do a talk show. And I said, who the heck's going to want to listen to me for two hours a day? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a news reporter. I didn't see myself as anything but that. And so I was, I was at that job. I went from the TV job to the radio job. And still, I wasn't, I did that one little public affairs show. And then I did the news every day, but I wasn't fulfilled. And I was realizing this is ridiculous. And then the content was changing where they were demanding from the, from the, um, the disc jockeys more shock jock type material and, and all this just ugly stuff. And I just said, you know what, I, I just, I realized I couldn't do it anymore. And that's when I said, uncle, yeah, all right, fine. The first experience when I was at TV and wasn't happy, decided, well, okay, I'll, I'll try it again and go into radio. And it's interesting because I had, I think about a year left on my contract as news director. And I went into um, the station manager and, and they, and I found out, um, and this is another God wink, God sentence. I found out through the grapevine that they were planning to revamp the whole morning show anyway. And they were going to buy out my contract because they, you know, they had to honor it. And, and they basically wanted me to leave. I wanted to leave. I just went to the station manager and I said, look, you know, let's, let's call a truce here. Buy me out early. I know you're going to be changing the show. No big deal. It's fine. I'm fine with it. And, you know, I'll take my money and I'll walk away. And when I said that, um, obviously they were relieved. I was relieved, but I never felt so much peace in my life, even though at that point I had no idea what I was going to do. I knew I was going to be out of a job. I knew I was going to have a little bit of money from the contract. And I said to my husband, I just can't do this anymore. He said, whatever you want to do, I just want you to be happy. If you want to stay home, that's fine. If you want to, you know, go back into the business, but pray about it. And I knew that it wasn't going to be in the business anymore as I was in the business. So I took that money and I started um, a communications company, which I still operate today. I do media consulting and media training on the side. And we help a lot of Catholic authors and, and um, Catholic businesses get their word out and how to get themselves on, on the news. And it's been um, fairly successful and we still have quite a few clients. So I thought, okay, well, maybe this is what I'm going to do now. Maybe I'm going to stay and you know concentrate on, on media relations and media consulting. But right after that, I received a call from the evangelical station in town, the same station where Al Cresta worked, Al Cresta from Ave Maria Radio, after um, he was there for, for about five years, and then he reverted and then started Ave Maria Radio over in Ann Arbor. So I got a call from the program director of this Protestant station, and he knew I was Catholic, we knew each other, and um, he said, no, we, we love your work, we'd like you to come on and do a show. So I, I did two years of a stint at Protestant Radio on a show called Cath um, Christian Talk with Teresa Tamio and another God wink. I found out once they hired me that he was actually the program director who hired me was converting to Catholicism. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's all these things going God on you know, in the background. You see how God works. And, and that was actually Sean Harriet who worked for Relevant Radio for many years. It's so funny. And so while I was there, Al Cresta heard that I was there and we were old friends. We knew each other. We bumped into each other at different Catholic events. And he called me up and said, you know, we're starting Ave Maria Radio and we need a morning show and we'd love you to join us. And so it was like, God didn't show me the whole picture and he doesn't show us the whole picture all at once. He brings you step by step. But there were those in answer to your question. This is a very long answer, but there are those things that happen. And there were two significant incidents for me, one in TV and then one in my radio job that started me on that process to leave the secular media. And so I worked in, in uh, evangelical radio for two years and it was great training because I learned to defend the faith from the Bible at that experience and, and dealing with a lot of um, Protestant brothers and sisters and learned a lot from them as well. And then Al brought me on in 2000 and let's see, this is my 19th year. So it was 2002 in November. So I'll be doing Catholic Connection 19 years this year. 
Wow. 19 years. Wow. Yeah. 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 But again, Bill, and, and, and it's a step-by-step process. God is not going to say, okay, here's everything. And <laughs> if you like it, take it. If you don't, fine. He's going to bring you step-by-step step. when you're listening for him, he's going to speak to us at different levels, differently at certain times in our lives. He knows how much we can handle and he knows how much he needs to reveal to us in any given you know period in our lives. Sure. And, you know, I, I wonder if, because I'm sure there's some people listening out there right now, you, you, you know, you talk about God giving us only what we can handle, you know, okay, in at certain points in our lives, but, you know, how many of us are not listening for the voice of God? You know, I think there's so many people that are just tuning out the voice of God in their lives because they... They don't think he's real. They don't think he's alive. They, you know, these are things that we talk about as Catholics and Christians. That he's alive. We're in the Easter octave, like celebrating Easter every day, like it was Easter Sunday right now, you know. And mm-hmm. and there's so many people out there that don't believe that, you know. And and they're in the inside the doors of our churches. Uh, they, they're probably even listening to this podcast. So I, I would love for if you just speak to that for for some listeners, you know about, you know, what do you do when, when you're doubting if God is real and alive and, and he's speaking to you? That's, that's a really important question. And that's one of the reasons that I wrote the book, because I get that question all the time in general, uh, even from people, as you said, Bill, that, that are in the church. And even for those of us who, who say maybe they don't believe in God, I think deep down, uh, people really have an understanding that there is some, you know, some divine plan. You can't look at a child. You can't look at an unborn child in the womb. You can't look at uh, I was just reading about the conversion story of Avery Cardinal Dulles, and I didn't even realize he was a convert, but it was in one of my devotionals. And he actually, he was a, um, an avowed agnostic, and yet finally yet came across in the springtime, the time of you know, year we're in right now, he was walking past a tree and saw buds on the trees, and it hit him that all of this just can't be happenstance. That, that there has to be some divine order to this all, and therefore there must be some divine entity that's running things, right? And so even I think people who call themselves agnostic or, or if they're not quite there, I think they will call themselves spiritual. Uh, so for those folks and for the folks who are struggling in their faith, I would say, um, you know what? Just speak that. Speak what's on your heart to God. And even if you don't recognize who he is just, just say, I don't know you. I don't know. I, I feel that there's something there or someone there show me yourself. And and he will reveal himself to you. I think secondly, do we have to remember that everybody has had these experiences, even atheists, agnostics, however they describe themselves. And Anne, as you said earlier, in terms of people who may not even be Catholic or Christian, everyone has had the experience of something that is too coincidental to be a coincidence. You've been thinking about a problem, right? something's been on your heart and it's been weighing on you. And then someone comes up to you and gives you the answer. We have stories like that in the book, or you're thinking about someone and you turn on the radio and their favorite song is coming up, right? Or you get a card from them in the mail, or you get an email and you say, wow, I, this is so weird. I was just really thinking about you on my heart though. That's not just coincidence. We call this a, a God sentence because God recognizes what we're thinking and feeling. He knows what's on our heart. And even if you don't recognize him, he's always reaching out to us. So I would say for, for both those who are struggling in their faith right now, and for those maybe who feel that they don't have a faith and, and they're still searching, 
to think about those times in your lives, because I know you've, we've all had them where it's been too coincidental. There have been coincidences. It's not a coincidence. Every hair on our head is counted. God is in the details, not the devil. God is in the details. He's a very detailed God. And what you'll read in the stories in the book and what you hear next weekend in this conference that you can learn about at listeningforgodconference.com, you'll hear some very, very specific ways that God broke through to people. And even people at, at, at some time who didn't even have any faith at all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm holding the book in my hand right now. And first, I want to thank you for sharing all that you just did. And I love a couple of these paragraphs that you wrote on the back of the book. It says that incredible ways God speaks to us. We all long to know the will of God in our lives to obtain answers to our prayers and to receive tangible evidence of the heavenly father's personal care for us. We deeply desire to hear his voice. The fact is God is not silent. He frequently breaks into our lives in surprising ways with timely remedies and gentle promptings that can be explained only by his attentive love and providence. Uh, and I think uh, you started that out so well because I think there is that desire for all of us, even if it's someone who doesn't really uh, have so-called, you know, faith, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. They don't have faith. Uh, let's talk about providence because what we experienced in this last year uh, and for us being home I wondered if you can share with us a little bit of your own experiences and how this book came to be, because uh, obviously this had something to do with what we went through this past year. Yeah, well, I, I think I probably have to point to the passing of my mom, um, my mom, Rosie, who would have been 94 last May. She died last March, March 19th on the Feast of St. Joseph, and she didn't die of COVID. She died of congestive heart failure and complications from arthritis, and she had been going downhill um, pretty quickly the last year. And so we knew it was only a matter of time. So first of all, she dies on the, um, the Feast of St. Joseph, okay? Which if you think about it, it's a very uh, popular uh, feast day for, for Italian Catholics. It's a, it's a big day, obviously, um, now that we have the year of St. Joseph. But I mean, it's, I thought it was very, very profound that she passed away on that day. It was very, very sad though, because we could not have a funeral mass for her. Uh, that's when everything was shut down. They were just starting to shut everything down. And my wonderful pastor, who, was, who had also been my mom's pastor for many years, um, he was really trying to see if he could somehow get a mask on before everything was shut down. And I said, you know, we were on the phone, you know, like almost every day after mom passed away. And he said, okay, don't make any plans yet, T. I'm still working on this. I think we could do this. And then he finally called me up and he said, I am so sorry, but here's the only thing we can do. So we ended up just having a very small wake uh, very small. It was only immediate family. And then he was there with us at the burial site. He did the Christian burial for her. But I can remember you, you talk about um, God's providence. I can remember sitting in the, um, in the, in the funeral home. And it was the same funeral where we had my dad's wake and funeral uh, back in 2010. And my parents were very involved in our parish. And my dad was in the choir and had this beautiful Italian tenor voice and was a great vocalist and, and was just very prominent. And he cantered and everybody knew him. We had a big Italian family and blah, blah, blah. The wake was so big that we had to put up all these extra chairs, right? So it was packed. My uncles were telling stories from the Italian neighborhood in Jersey where my father grew up. My aunts were telling stories. It was laughter. It was joy. It was beautiful. So I'm sitting there in the nursing home, not the nursing home, excuse me, the funeral home. And I'm looking at my, my poor little mom in the coffin. And it was my sister, you know, my nieces and nephews, just 10 of us were there. It's all they allowed. And I turned and I looked down the hall 
And I, I see that that's the same room down the hall where my father had his wake. And I'm very, very emotional. I wasn't mad at God. I knew it wasn't God's fault, but I was just really frustrated because I just felt so bad that I couldn't give my mom the same send off that my dad had. And then we go to the cemetery and it was a rainy, rainy, ugly March day. It was cold. It was windy. And it was so strict back then, if you can recall all the restrictions, because we didn't know with what we were dealing with at that point, that they told us we couldn't even go and stand by the grave until the cemetery workers were done lowering down the coffin. So they had to get back in their trucks and go away. Then we could come out and then stand 60 feet apart for the, for the burial service, right? So I'm sitting there and it's raining and I'm having this, this image that they, because it's so muddy and slippery that they're going to drop the coffin and the coffin's going to go sliding. I'm thinking of all these worst case scenarios and I'm just miserable. And my phone is going off. I can see all these texts coming through and I'm thinking, who's bothering me? And, and actually Dominic had COVID at, COVID at the time and couldn't even come to the, to the burial or to the wake. So that was like adding, you know, insult to injury, right? And he was so sick back home and I was just like, just not a happy camper. And I missed a really, really important providential thing. And this is also what prompted the book in terms that God speaks to us and breaks through in all kinds of circumstances. So I'm sitting there and I'm getting annoyed that my phone's going off. And I look at my phone and I realize that it's all of my closest friends who are trying to remind me that isn't it amazing that your mom died on the feast of St. Joseph and she's being buried on the birthday of your patron saint, St. Teresa of Avila, who just happened to have a huge devotion to St. Joseph. And so I like burst into tears because I'm like, you, you idiots. I could have had a V8. Where have I been? Right. And then I realized that God was like, it's okay. I gotcha. It's all right. And St. Teresa, I, I just, she's my patron. I was named after her, but I have such a, I just love her to pieces. And she's spoken to me so many times and she's come bursting in, into my life in huge ways. Um, so I have a special affinity toward her and, and this with this really fun, like really fun girlfriend relationship with her. But she was there for me too. So God broke through with my favorite saint. And there she was reminding me, like, hello, it's God. He knows what's going on through my friends. So, so in terms of listening for God, my friends were the ones who reminded me about the communion of saints and the providence of God. And so those, those situations with my mom dying on the Feast of St. Joseph, being buried on the, on the birthday of Teresa of Avila. My father, get this, but wait, there's more, like that old spaghetti sauce commercial used to say, right? <laughs> My father was born on the Annunciation, March 25th, and he dies on the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. So oh, you, you see all these things that are going on. Those are the kind of details that we miss sometimes mm -hmm. if we're not paying attention. And here I was, this Catholic talk show host has written all these books and I'm sitting there, oh, woe is me. And I don't even re realize it. It took my friends to smack me upside the head and say, hey, God hasn't left you alone here. He's there, look around. So that, that's providence. Yeah, I will agree. Thanks for sharing that one. And I do wanna say, I, I'm sorry for the death of your mother last year. And obviously there's no doubt that she's praying for you. Uh, oh yeah. And, and, and everything. Well, so. I, she, you know, I, I channel my mom so much because she was, she was just a, you know, my friends say she's not just a trip. She's a round trip. <laughs> she she oh, puts Sophia Petrillo from golden girls to shame. Just let me say, because <laughs> we're from originally from the East coast, hundred percent Italian yeah. born in Jersey city. I was raised in Michigan. We moved here when I was five and my mother never lost her accent. And it was always, she was so funny. Mm. As a matter of fact, was so sweet when she was dying our pastor came over to give her last rites and she came out she was in and out of consciousness because of the medication they had to give her because she was you know um it really was was just fading very quickly but she would wake up and she'd have these lucid moments and 
when before she went into hospice, she woke up and she saw our pastor and she says, uh, Monsignor, what are you doing here? Am I dying or something? And then she went right back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to make a shout out to uh, my husband because um, I'm not Italian. Um, I, in fact, I did 23 and me and found out that I'm 1%. There you go. <laughs> but my husband's uh, in-laws, uh, my in-laws, I should say, his, my husband's parents were actually born in Italy. So I'm very oh, familiar with where? What part? Italian culture and everything. Abruzzi. Oh, that's Abruzzi. where my husband's family's from. Oh. Love it there. I've been all over Abruzzi. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Don't we'll get me talk. talking about Italy. We'll get okay. totally yeah, misdirected we'll get in the conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, maybe we could go back to talking about the conference too, because there's so much to talk yeah. about with uh, with what's going to be happening in a couple of weeks. And it says in our um, media, you know, blurb here that are you feeling lost and alone, stressed out and fearful, looking for direction in your life? Then don't miss the Listening for God virtual conference happening April 16th through 18th. It's a free conference to help you recognize in your everyday God in your everyday life to be inspired through personal testimonies, scripture, the lives of the saints with more than 50 amazing Catholic speakers, including, I'm just going to read a few. I know sure. there's 50, right? Mm -hmm. Father Mitch Pacwa, Mike Aquila, Father Chris Aylar, uh, Jeff Cavins, Teresa Tomio, Dr. Edward Shree, Donna Marie Cooper Boyle, Father John Triglio, and many more. Yeah. And as Teresa said, it's listeningforgodconference.com. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I think we have now, um, I just found out late last night, we're up to, I think, um, close to 60 speakers. And it's so funny, we just added, and this is really exciting. I, I really hope people tune in, but I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Mario uh, Angler. He's a former Swiss guard and he wrote the best-selling book, um, mm. I Serve the Saint. And he's half Italian and half Swiss, and he is so funny. But I mean, the two of us get together and it's like, it's like crazy that the Italian comes out and, and it's just, but he's so powerful. He's got this big booming voice and he talks about, you know, being alongside John Paul II. So he's going to have some insights from John Paul II on listening for God. And so here's all you need to do. You can go to listeningforgodconference.com, as you mentioned, the initial conference, the talks that are going to be airing um, live at the time of the conference, when you register, those are free. But there is some great content. I mean, if you want to hear all 50, speak, 50, 60 speakers, I would highly recommend, and there's a discount right now for $29.99, you can buy the whole package and then it's yours forever. So what you could do, you can even, there's a special rate for parishes. You could um, you know, register, watch part of it online, then buy the content and then go back to the rest of it because so much of this is going to be so phenomenal. And you can use it for RCIA. You can use it for a personal study. You can use it for adult catechesis. You can use it for a youth ministry because there's going to be a lot of people addressing issues that young people are facing. So if you get the content, it's yours forever. And it's only going to be, um, you know, 30 bucks if you buy it now. I think it's $29.99. And then $39.99, it goes up after, after next weekend. But that is a great price for all those talks. So you can register for free and then watch live next week. But then you can also go on and then purchase the content for later on. So... I think that's a great idea that what you mentioned about churches and archdiocese. Yeah. And so can you expand a little bit more on how that works? Because I'm in the archdiocese of Philadelphia mm -hmm. and, uh, and I know that we have some listeners here that are from, you know, obviously other archdioceses and dioceses all over the place. I mean, this is something that you want to enlighten the people that work at your archdiocese about 
to make available. So how would that all work? So they would purchase it at a certain discounted price. Right, there's a certain discount for parishes uh, and then there's individual discounts that you can get as well. If somebody just wants to buy it individually, but for parishes, because it would be used parish-wide, uh, the price is a little bit different. But again, it's a great deal because a lot of parishes can't bring in speakers still because of COVID, it's mm -hmm. very limited. And so when you have a Mike Aquilina or a Father Mitch Pacwa or a Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, a Jeff Cavins, a Steve Ray, Normally, that would cost a parish, um, you know, several thousand dollars to, to fly them in, to house them, and then pay a speaker's fee, you know, refreshments, all of that. But this is, you know, basically, um, you know, done, slam dunk. You've got these great speakers who are addressing uh, different aspects of listening for God. And what's nice is we ask them to limit the talks to about 30 minutes, uh, 15 to 30 minutes. So you could have a, um, a Bible study, a study using the book, which is a great thing to do, and then use one of these talks as an option to go. And the book is set up actually as a study, a personal study or a group study, because after each chapter, I have reflection questions. Each contributor wrote their own reflection questions and also a quote from a saint and words of wisdom. So each chapter allows for a nice study. And then if you have these talks, if you purchase the package and you have these talks, you can pick you know, my talk on, on listening for God and growing in your faith or, uh, you know, Kathy Cromie, my friend, who's an iconographer, listening to God or listening for God in art. I mean, she's got this great testimony about art. If you want to do a pro-life talk, I've got a friend who has a, um, a special needs daughter and she talks about listening for God and how she felt God in adoration telling her to welcome a, a special needs baby. And it's a very pro-life talk. So you could use this in a number of different aspects in terms of um, at, at the parish level, maybe a, you know, a, a whole group event with your parish and have the talks up on the screen and then discuss the book. You can use it in your Bible study, or you can even start your own study group based on the book and these talks. So there's so many ways to use them. And these talks are evergreen. You know what I'm saying? Because these people are talking about these topics in a general way, listening for God in prayer, listening for God in scripture, listening for God in your everyday life, listening for God in the rosary. So you could take and have a different theme every month if you want it in your Bible study or in your parish. And just go to listeningforgodconference.com and all the information on how to register and purchase the content, if you so choose, is there. Yeah, you, you, you describe that perfectly because it really is a, a good deal. Yeah, it is. It's a great deal. Well, you think about it, 30 bucks, you're never going to go to a, um, I mean, conference is going to cost much more than that. If you go to most regional conferences and I speak all over the country, I, I look at the prices of the conferences and, and they're reasonably priced. I mean, they're, they're 40, 50 bucks, but you only have, because it's one day you have three speakers mm -hmm. and with this price you're getting right now. I think, as I said, we have up to 60 speakers. I don't know how many talks, some of the people um, are doing a number of different talks. I'm doing three talks. We have three live panel discussions next weekend, uh, one on scripture, one on prayer, and one on everyday life with our top speakers. And so just paying that one low price, you're getting, I would say, almost a year's worth of conferences, mm. if you think about it. That's a great deal. And I think a lot of parishes, a lot of people ought to go right to the website, listeningforgodconference.com and sign up. Uh, and, and again, you know, Joining joining people around the country for content like this is is awesome. I mean, you know, I, the other thing I think we've now hit our groove with this Zoom meeting deal. Yeah, uh, and and a lot of these conferences now are are being uh, live streamed and being put together so professionally uh, for really a fraction of what you can do in person. And so uh, I. 
I, I know we're still missing that in-person element and we and we all want to get back to it. Believe me, I can't wait uh, to, you know, you know, to see some of these conferences in person and be able to uh, talk with people and, and, and be in large crowds and, gr- and groups again. I think that's a craving that we all have. But uh, for the time being, uh, God is not done speaking. He is still speaking to us and we have to listen. And this is a great way to do that. So, uh, folks, uh, listeningforgodconference.com would be a great uh, website for you to jump over to in your uh, next browser tab as we're talking and sign up right now. Yeah, you always think what's great about it, too. And I had my first in-person event, and it was so good to be. I'm a people person, so just speaking to people virtually is nice. But, you know, I'm, I'm Italian, and I'm very, like, out there, as you can probably already tell. You know, and you're married to an Italian, so you totally get it, right? <laughs> yes. And so we love people. And so I was so excited to get back and speak in person. I did my first um, in parish, in, in, in live mission a few weeks ago to church here in southeastern Michigan. It was great. We had, you know, limited capacity, but we still had a pretty good turnout. But what they're doing now is that they did with this parish, um, and Bill, to your point, is they also recorded the talks. And so for the people who didn't feel comfortable, they had both the in-person and the visual. So this is what I think is great that we've perfected this, that even if you don't want to go to something in person, whether it's at your parish or, you know, if it's another conference, I think almost everybody is now trying to adapt and realize that this is another way to reach a lot of people. So I, I'm glad that we've, this is one thing and one Romans, you know, 828 thing, all things work together for good that's come out of COVID is that we've really perfected this medium, whether it's Zoom or however we're doing it. And the production value on this is very, very high. And we made sure that all the speakers had good connectivity and we gave them all kinds of great information. And then um, just the way they're doing the whole production value of, of the program, Catholic Speakers uh, is behind it. They're doing a great job with it. So, yeah, I mean, I do want to get back in person, but I am so glad that these kinds of things are available. Yes, absolutely. I, I have to compliment you, too, on the way that you wrote the book, because as you mentioned, there's a re- the reflection from scripture and then the question, and then you have some dialogue in between. And what I really like about your book is that it's an appropriate book for someone who is very devoted to their faith. But quite frankly, even for someone who is away from the faith, mm-hmm. and I think that right now with so many people who are not going back to church after COVID, which we always pray about, right? Because yeah. it's been so hard on the Catholic church and, and the archdiocese and diocese all over the place to get people to actually come back to mass. And I think this is a perfect book to give to someone that you know who might be, you know, kind of on that borderline between like, hmm, what should I do? Because they get so used to staying home, right? Right. And maybe watching mass on TV or just kind of saying, you know, well, my diocese didn't lift it yet. You know, the the, the dispensation. Um, Yeah, I I wrote this to be an encouragement. It's very, it's, you know, it's very non-judgmental. It's very real. And it's for anybody, regardless, as you said, and I'm glad you brought that up at any point in their faith, and my thing is that there's so many different people in this book, if you noticed. I mean, we do have people who are on the air, such as myself, or people who are well-known in Catholic media. But then you have, you know, my friend Kathy Crombie, who is um, talked about her husband dying. She's a widow now. She talked about how God spoke to her. And she's going to be talking in, in the presentation she's doing about art. Um, you know, we have um, Al Cresta with his story. We have a friend of mine who works in marketing for the Divine Mercy Fathers. We have... Uh, another woman who's a teacher. So there's, we have someone who's a dear friend of mine who works in the travel industry talking about the challenges that he faced. So there's people from all different walks of life. So it's not just someone 
you know, who is, let's say, really active or out, out there on the front lines. It's, it's everyday people who are living out, you know, the walk of Christ. So I, I think anybody can pick this up and say, huh, that maybe happened to me. And so the reason I put the questions, I had the contributors write the questions. I probably could have written them because I always have reflection questions, but I say, no, this is your chapter. You wrote this chapter. There are particular points that you want to say. So you write the questions. What do you want the reader to get out of your chapter? And my hope is that this won't just be someone reading a story and saying, oh, wow, that's really neat. That's amazing. And then walking away and going back to their everyday life. But the questions will cause them hopefully to think and reflect um, on those God sentences in their own life. And that's exactly what happened when I gave my first in-person talk based or series based on this book. I did three nights, three different talks on listening for God. And after every night after I was done at St. Joe's in, in the Ann Arbor area of Southeastern Michigan, I had people coming up to me and saying, I think I had a God sentence. And then I called for them on the air the last couple of weeks. Amazing stories from listeners from all over the country about how they felt God speak to them in various ways and, and, and times of their lives. So this is something to which everyone can relate, regardless of what you do for a living, regardless of where you are, God is trying to reach us. I love the personal nature of the book. Because that that is how God speaks to us. And then right. we can listen for him, right? Listen for God. But it's that whole idea that uh, it's not just a bunch of theology that we memorize and, and try to follow. This is real personal because, uh, you know, I'm not discounting, you know, catechesis and, and deep theology, mm -hmm. right? But the fact that, you know, God is a personal God. And, and he's there with us and he wants to speak to us and he wants us to hear uh, what his mission is, what our mission is from him, because that's his gift to us is the gifts and talents that he gives us, isn't right. it? Right. And you can't, and you can't have those um, experiences. I mean, the catechesis, obviously that you, what you do is catechesis. What I do is catechesis every day on the air, but at the same time, uh, you know, my wonderful Archbishop, Archbishop Alan Vigneron, a few years ago, wrote this beautiful letter called Unleash the Gospel. And he says, in order for people to understand the teachings of the church, the teachings of Christ, they have to know him. Yeah. So you can't understand that unless you, unless you have that, that knowing. So they work hand in hand. God reaches out. If we're not familiar with him, we keep taking those steps. We keep building on it. And then we're more interested in learning about what he teaches because he's heard, you know, we've heard from him. And so then we build on that catechesis, but he's always going to speak to us, you know, even to the deepest theologian. What I love is that God's got such a sense of humor and the way he's spoken to me at times over the years. Um, you know, I, I just look up sometimes and I say, oh, now you're just showing off because you're just, you know, you're all you're, you're God and you are all that in a big bag of chips, as I like to say, you know, but um <laughs> It's, it's incredible the way he, he really does speak to us all the time. If we could just kind of stop and think and say, okay, Lord, you know, show yourself to me, but be careful for what you ask and pray for, because he'll show up big time. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in unexpected ways too. Yes. Right. In unexpected ways. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I think a lot of us have fallen into the trap of uh, this society and instant gratification you know we we mm -hmm. want god to fulfill every little detail and and as you mentioned he is a detailed god but he but 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 he's going to be on his own details he's not going to you know right. sit there and go okay well you know i'm praying for the brand new maserati and the maserati's going to pull up in the driveway like that doesn't you know that's not who our god is and our god is somebody who is real he is alive and he also 
cares about you and he cares about your deepest needs and your and and and, and the things that you need that you don't even know you need you know that's i think the amazing thing about our god um and so to your point teresa i think when you're looking at uh how people get closer to god and looking at those little god incidences in in your life it's it's becoming aware becoming aware that he is working and and that it's not just this random universe you know providing uh, these these details no this is god reaching out trying to reach into you and say man i just want to know you in a deeper way i just want to get to right. know you more and more and so i I really encourage people not only to get the book, but to join the conference. Uh, I know people might want to get a copy of the book prior to the conference. So uh, maybe give us uh, how people can go in and get the book. What's the best way for people to get the book? Uh, well, you can actually order the book. Um, if you register now, you can order the book through Sophia Press, which is a publisher, and they're offering a discount for people who register on top of, of you know, the, the early bird discount for the conference. But everything's on my website, teresatomio.com, and I have a bookstore there, or you can just go to Amazon. Um, Sophia Press has the book, and there's an overall website, listeningforgod.com. And the conference is listeningforgodconference.com. But I think they're offering 25% off the book if you get it through the actual conference website after registering. So if you want to do that and go on this weekend, because the conference is coming up on the uh, 16th to the 18th. The other point I wanted to make before we wrap up, and I'm so grateful you guys are, are doing this special podcast and really appreciate it in addition to Anne's great contributions and the promotion that she's been doing, is we have to remember that, that God's plans are the best plans. Jeremiah 29, 11, which is my husband's favorite verse, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope for a future. That if we believe God is who he says he is, even if we're going through a tough patch and we're confused, if we keep following God step by step, Mother Angelica, the founders of um, EWTN says, faith is one foot on the ground, one foot in the air and a queasy feeling in the stomach. And, and that's okay. You know, you just keep taking step after step. God is going to show you where he wants you and what, what his plans are, but he's going to do it gradually because he knows that, you know, it's, it's not always easy and it can be very, very confusing in terms of the direction. He didn't show me his whole plan for my life right away and say, oh, you know, in 10 years, you're going to be on syndicated talk show and you're going to do this. You're going to do I would have said, what? Are you kidding me? You know, and your husband's going to be a deacon. I mean, that no way in the world did we ever think we'd be doing that. Every time I see my husband up on the altar, I realize what a miracle it is. And I'm so grateful because I think of where we were so long ago. But we have to, if we say we believe in God, trust that he knows what he's doing. And even if we don't think the plans that he has for us are the best plans, I guarantee, because that's my experience, we're going to be restless until we rest in God, as St. Augustine says. You're never going to be happy until you accept and figure out that the will that God has for your life. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Thank you so much for being a guest on Sewing Hope. Please come back again. Oh, sure. And, yeah. Anytime. Great. We can talk about Italy next time with <laughs> <Yeah>. your husband. <laughs> well, on that note, I'll just say this, uh, that keep an eye out because we are planning a pilgrimage with the foundation that I represent to Rome in 2022. So that's all I'll say for we now. Should, we but... should meet there. We should do something together hey. because I actually have... Um, if people go on my website, I have two trips planned this year, one for couples in October to Italy, 
And oh. we just found out Italy's opening up in June. Thank you, Jesus. Oh my God. Praise God. And we've got one in October and one in November for women. So go to my oh website, tracycomio.com. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. And let's much. plan one together next year. Oh, okay. Let's do one like the same time. You, your group, and then we'll meet and we'll do some things together. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you'll be hearing from me. <laughs> and Bill, you're welcome to join us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Bill has to come along too. <laughs> well, That's folks, right. uh, I want to thank you for listening to this special episode of Sewing Hope. We really do appreciate all that you do as our listeners to spread the show and uh, keep keep beating to that Catholic heart. And until next time. I'm Bill Snyder for Anda Sanis and Teresa Tamio. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos too.